Welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 1, 15-28. So let's start. It says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered, Then I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So verse 15 says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. So in this, he was speaking of Jesus. Um, When he says he who comes after me, he meant physically after me. His ministry came after him, ranks before me because he is before John. He is the Messiah because he is the eternal God, the Son. And so next verse 16 says, For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And so I feel like this is something that a lot of people say, grace upon grace. But what does it actually mean, you know? Well, in the book, God is the Gospel by Pastor John Piper, uh, he explains that grace according to scripture is, quote, grace is the free blessing of God that flows from his heart to guilty, undeserved sinners. Further, he says that, quote, it is the opposite of human initiative or merit, unquote. Therefore, grace upon grace highlights the superabundance of grace God showered upon undeserved mankind and even more believers. The good news of Christ is grounded upon God's just grace. This means that before we even had thought to do anything good or evil, God chose us in Christ. And we see that in Ephesians 1, 3 through 7, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to praise his glorious grace, 
with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. The law which was given to Moses and Moses gave to the Israelites, as stated in the verse, displayed God's command for holiness. The law was meant to reveal man's unrighteousness, which means contrary to the law and iniquity, unjust and depraved, so that man's need for a savior, Christ, would be all the more obvious. And if you guys wanna look at that more, you can go to Romans 3 and see how the first about 20 verses talk about man's necessity and brokenness of the law, but then in that reveals our need and the glorious grace of our savior, Christ. It is so obvious to us that we cannot follow the moral law. And I'm gonna test you for this because you might be thinking I'm a good person. So I'm gonna ask you some questions and in your head, answer. So have you lied or do you lie? Well, you might tell me only white lies. Okay, what makes the lie bad, white, you know? Have you stolen just the little stuff? Well, how does that make that any less wrong? Have you ever looked at someone with lust? Well, Jesus said that even if you look at a woman with lust, you are committing adultery at heart. Have you ever hated anybody? Well, Jesus himself said that hate is murder in the heart. Have you ever said God's name in vain? Well, that's blasphemy. That's pretty serious. That's actually very serious. Now, I can't judge you because I'm condemned under the law too, but you just revealed to me your own depravity. If you just said yes to most of those, then you are a liar, thief, adulterer at heart, murderer at heart, and blasphemer. And yet we say that we're good. And yet you see, this isn't the point. The point of Jesus wasn't to make bad people good. That is not why he came. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. All you just said yes to, that is punishable by death. And that is why Jesus came to bear that punishment, die, pay that death, Pay it in full, pay that debt, and resurrect because he is God. Only man can walk the earth and pay the punishment, but only God can bear his own wrath meant for us. As Ravi Zacharias once said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive because we are dead in our sins. So now let's go to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This verse reveals to us the intimacy, love, and knowledge between the Godhead, which means the Trinity, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is so sovereign and perfect, and we, I can't even grasp it, I'm gonna be honest with you. When John says he has made himself known, theologians believe this to mean that Jesus, who he is and what he did and does, reveals and explains who God is as God himself and what God does. So moving on to the testimony of John the Baptist, which is from verse 19, um, it says, and this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent the priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So John the Baptist's testimony was the first of many to prove that Jesus indeed is the Messiah of Israel and of the world um, and who Israel was waiting for, God the Son. The next verse says, he confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. 
John blatantly said this because many people thought he was the Messiah. John was the earthly cousin of Jesus and served as a prophetic forerunner of Christ. John the Baptist is the one whom the Holy Spirit through the prophet Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah 43. Quote, a voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How beautiful is that? Now verse 21 says, And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said, No. Verse 22 then says, So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And the next verse says, He said, I am the voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. In humility, John compared himself to a voice rather than a person, as the priests and Levites were trying to do. And we see this as he is comparing himself to the verse we just read, Isaiah 43. Now verse 24 says, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. And so in the Bible, the Pharisees are seen, especially in the Gospels, are seen quite a lot. And so um, just to give a definition of who these people are, though they did not call themselves Pharisees, um, they are a group of Jews who practiced legalism and hypocrisy, according to the Bible. And they advocated for the oral tradition of the law and shamed all those who failed, even though they themselves failed because we're all human. Marshall Siegel from Desiring God said, Pharisees are legalists who are puffed up. They look educated, clean, and alive, all while dying inside. The seed of sin and death keep growing and spreading underneath the confident appearance and practices, always harder and harder to cover. Verse 25 says, They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? The Pharisees' question to John through the priests and Levites was questioning John's authority in baptizing because he associated himself with a mere voice rather than a person from Isaiah 40. So the next verse says, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Verse 27 then says, Even he who comes before me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So in this, John once again humbly shifts the focus back to the one who deserves it, Jesus. His reference to the shoes um, in that day and age was to a servant's job to carry the master's shoes. That was their job. And yet, John, in humble reverence, said that he was not even worthy of doing this in relationship to the Messiah, the living God. And so the last verse says, these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram at Deep Bible Studies and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.